since we fucking did this. This is a big, this is a big week. Yeah. Alright, you ready? Good afternoon, morning, night, whatever, Tile Lights. This is Casey. And this is Chris. And this is a new episode of Tile Light Talk. Hello. Hola. We got we got a lot of news this week. Yeah. I mean we were just talking like a second ago about how we we just did a podcast last week and normally, you know, we're kind of spacing these things out, but Look at all this news in the last week. Yeah, this has been a heavy, heavy week for news. Um, I I think it's going to continue on with Oscar season and everything else. I think that we're going to keep getting news. But regardless of that, um, thank you guys for listening uh, the last few weeks. I know, like, we've been doing every other week and, you know. uh, Every month. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're trying to get a little bit more consistent in, you know, the viewership or the downloads, I guess listenership um, has gone up lately and I think it's because of consistency. So we're going to keep trying to plug them out and, and we really appreciate you guys listening. So thank you. Thanks guys. Um, all right. So let's get right into it. We call this episode bend it like Bendis and we're going to get into some Marvel news. So I, I'm I wanted to call it Bendis like Bendis, but then it doesn't. I don't know. Do we put Bendis in the Marvel news or the D I, you got it under the DC news, but I guess it could go you see how way. it's kind of on the cusp of the two. It really it's, is. We'll just kind of go through this. Go through this weak ass Marvel news, mm-hmm. and then we'll like kind of bridge it into the DC movie. All right. So first things first. Um, the Venom movie. It's filming. It's Tom Hardy as Venom, and we have mocap. Some, yeah, mocap suit. Absolutely. Um, he's got some character descriptions, and the character descriptions hint at the Lethal Protector storyline. Um, I don't care. <laughs> I, I actually don't really like the lethal protector storyline for Venom. Um, uh, my friend who is a huge, uh, Venom fan, she texted me last night about it. And I looked through the character descriptions. It was like a lot of different people who can sing. And a lot of those people who become symbiotes and personally, I don't care. Like I could definitely see a really cool horror uh, action um, Venom as far as uh, Agent Venom storyline, but Lethal Protector and a bunch of different symbiotes, it's just too much in the first Venom movie. I just don't need all that. What do you think? Yeah, uh, why they're not doing Carnage, just Carnage, I'm not sure. Um, I just, it's it just seems kind of convoluted unless you're a, a venom fan yeah i mean everybody who's fan venom is i mean but that's niche that's not the ga blow. Right. you know the that's, general audience the is gonna see their venom was spider-man 3 and it was shitty mm-hmm. and now they're gonna go why is this guy here and to sell that with a bunch of different symbiotes it's gonna come down to what these modern superhero movies have been doing and it's gonna be a bunch of fucking cgi cannon fodder mm-hmm. And of course, there's no teaser. There's no trailer. I've seen no footage. I'm going off of simply speculation and the 90s comic that I read that I didn't really enjoy that much. And, and like, that's it. So I could be completely wrong. It could be amazing, but these are just my initial reactions. No, I, uh, I don't care if it is good. I just don't think it's still a good idea. I, it's coming out of nowhere. 
it doesn't have any kind of backstory to it. Yeah. Therefore, it's, it's very convoluted for the GA. Um, yep. And that's 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 the bottom line. Yep. That's it. All right. Moving on. <laughs> we got a lot of news, guys. All right. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> Deadpool 2, uh, they released uh, Thanksgiving uh, with all the main characters sitting around the uh, the Thanksgiving feast. And they're also going to be featured in, I don't, I don't know if it's this month's one, but I would imagine this month's Good Housekeeping magazine um, will have a full Venom. I saw online, and you can look it up on Collider. Uh, that's where I saw it. There's like a good like four or five pages of, of Deadpool. Showing how to carve up a turkey with his katana. <laughs> it's ridiculous uh, marketing schemes I've seen in a long time, and it's it's appropriate because well, the first Deadpool movie, <laughs> right, right? Exactly. I mean, Good Housekeeping, the magazine. Who the fuck even knows what that is anymore? Who knows what a magazine <laughs> is in general? Um, so, kudos to Deadpool and those marketing geniuses for uh, giving us a little smile today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We actually just got a share of it on our on our Facebook page of the poster. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, if you read Good Housekeeping and you do listen to podcasts, go check that out. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop these because the the other one's a big piece of information. Um, we're one week away from Punisher. Um, that's coming yes. out on the seventeenth, same day as Justice League, same day as Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> Disney trying to give a good fuck you to. To Warner Brothers, and you know it's not going to work. Everyone in the world's still going to go see Justice League at least once. But to their credit, at night after Justice League, I'll be watching yeah. Punisher. For Fuck sure, that. I'll be watching Punisher at midnight Pacific time on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's I, what I'm saying. I'm seeing I'm seeing Deadpool, or sorry, I'm seeing Justice oh, yeah, League yeah. at six thirty on um, on uh, Thursday, and then on Friday at midnight. I'll be, I'll be. You, you don't get them at midnight. You get them at 3 a.m. Do I? Yeah, because they wait until midnight Pacific time so that it's all on the same time. I remember being that happy about it because when I was like, man, moving out things. here, I get it. Well, that too, but I, I get all that stuff early. Because hmm. before you'd have to like get up at 3 a.m. I, I remember seeing on, uh, on Ruben's Facebook feed <laughs> that they woke up from Stranger Things at like 3 a.m. and watched it. <laughs> Gosh, that's get, get the jump. Um, but I mean, this is the thing about this trifecta of geekliness next week. It's We're the ones that are benefiting from it, so I don't yeah. really care, you know? Yeah. More the merrier. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, big news. Big, big news. Possibly. Now, this, is, this has been shut down, too. Disney... Yeah. Let, let me say this, okay. Disney has been in talks with Fox to purchase Fox Media, meaning um, pretty much everything but Fox Sports. And the reason why is because it's illegal for one company to own more than one sports network. So they can't own Fox Sports plus ESPN, which they own. So, But everything else, Fox News, uh, obviously the movies, blah, 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 blah. That'd be great if they owned Fox News. Just change that shit up. Oh, yeah. So good news, bad news. Good news for us geeks, all the all the X-Men go under the 
the uh, Disney branch. Bad news. And Fantastic Four. Huh? And the Fantastic Four. Yeah, sorry. All X-Men, Fantastic Four, sorry. And then the bad news is that with Disney not making rated R movies, what like as Ryan Reynolds tweeted, well, what the fuck happens to Deadpool in that situation? Well, here's the thing. Or a no, see, but th- that's where Disney needs to start. Like, like the buck needs to stop there. They have to say, make a step to where we can actually do this kind of stuff. Because it would be foolish not to. <laughs> I, like, I Disney needs to be like, we're not, we're not a fam- like a totally family friendly thing. We are, but listen, we can also do these these hard edged movies. And they do Daredevil. You know what I mean? Like everything on Netflix is evil. So that's where so, I think that they would continue. I think they would say it's a not broke. It's not broke. Don't fix it. I think the better solution is um, to do what they did with Sony, get Fox media involved so that all of these heroes are working together. And that to me is the win-win because I could see Disney taking over Fox, which owns the alien franchise, for example, and really just, not doing anything with it or not doing enough with it. You know what I mean? Like there's certain Fox franchises that I think they wouldn't do justice to. So I'd rather see um, this situation where it's a, it's like a Sony. So then they announced that uh, they're, they're not talking, but I'll go back to 2014 when they said the same thing about Sony where they're like, oh, we're not talking, we're not talking. And then the next thing you know, that Spider-Man news came out. So I think they are talking. And I think in the very near future, maybe at Q1 of next year, 2018, we get an announcement that Disney and Fox are going to share these. Because as you can see from Spider-Man, it worked. Both companies made a shit ton of money. Shit ton of money. And the fact that Disney cannot do any merchandising of their X-Men and of Fantastic Four. They're not making any of that money. I, I bet you anything they want to make that money. They want to make their own, their own Wolverine toys and, and their comics and everything else. So a cartoon, you know what I mean? Like they need the X-Men back. And it only makes money for both companies. So go through your slate of 2018 with Deadpool 2. Uh, new New Mutants and um, X Men Dark Phoenix, and then starting in 2019, we're gonna see a, a huge fucking sweet ass movie. That's my thoughts. Agreed. Yeah. So that's the big. So that's the biggest piece of Marvel news. Um, we'll see what happens with that. But let's go. So on the cusp, as as we talked uh, at the top of the podcast. This is huge. This is huge news. I don't think people realize how big of it. I almost think this this news is as big as the Fox Disney news. Brian Michael Bendis, who has been a mainstay at Marvel since the early 2000s, if not earlier, because he created Ultimate Spider-Man and launched the Ultimate Universe, which we are now used to as a GA. Go on, Chris. I just want to say, I mean, he was also the designer of the major 
the major influx of crossovers and and events that began in the 2000s. I mean, Correct. yeah, he was. And, and as I've said in the past, I mean, it's like I loved it at the beginning, but it did get stale after about eight years of storytelling. Um, so I have I have my like my problems with what Bendis did with Marvel, but uh, I mean, in the in the long run and overarching scheme of things, when it comes to the new age of comic books. Yeah, I mean, Brian Michael Bendis is uh, responsible for Miles Morales. He's responsible for Jessica Jones. Secret um, Warriors. Secret Warriors, yeah. I mean, like, this dude, when you go into, if you think of Marvel big players, I mean, you think of Axel Alonso as the editor-in-chief, and you think of um, Joe Quesada, and you think of Jeff Loeb. As far as writing goes, it's Brian Michael Bendis at the very mm-hmm. top. He is, he's a huge, you know, he's synonymous with Marvel. And now what's happening, sorry, get to the point. He's, he just signed an exclusive deal with DC. He is going to DC full time, done with Marvel after at least 17 to 20 years. What do you think of this? It's what we've been talking about for, for months now. It's like the, something is happening at Marvel with, with the comic side of things. And it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah. So this, this is just, this is just the beginning of the fallout. I mean, Marvel, Marvel lost Jeff Lemire this year. Um, I mean, that was a big loss. Uh, A lot of people are jumping ship period. It doesn't matter if they're going to DC or continuing their own. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, this is what it leads to is, is now, I mean, and you know what, with Jonathan Hickman, Jonathan Hickman was, his popularity came on the on the coattails of of Bendis. Uh, it happened with the Secret Warriors uh, comic run, which was started by Bendis, which spun out of um, um, Dark Reign. And <clears throat> so, Jonathan Hickman, who became one of the greatest writers of current comics, uh, who has proved time and time again that um, that his books are either really convoluted <laughs> and long, which is fine. Because long. That's kind of They're where I, I lose him. But I mean, he is a genius. And now, um, following the Bendis news, Hickman Hickman has hinted even more at this uh, DC courtship that has been going on for a little while now. I mean, we've heard hints of him wanting to go to DC. And now I think that this is, uh, this is the catalyst uh, with Bendis heading there that we may see a new reign uh, in, in comic books. Yeah. I think with the success, so Marvel for everything else it's been doing has been amazing except for the comics DC with everything else. Okay. Sorry for the movie world, not so much, but for TV and comics, they've been killing it, especially with rebirth Um, to get a Bendis and then possibly a Hickman. Then you got at this point, Jason Aaron and Charles Soule over at Marvel. And you've got some other writers here, Jim Zub, who's new, and you, you've got some Sadarsky, you know, uh, Dan Slott. You know, you've got some people who've been new and a little bit older who've been kind of championing, um, like, uh, what's her name? Jeez, it's going to kill me. The Miss Marvel girl, Will, Will, is it Wilson? So, you know, you've got some people who've been there for a while who's been have been doing some consistent things that I, I have no I have no complaints about. But 
I feel that these two megastars, this could be the beginning of the end. And Jason Aaron's been doing good things over at Image. Charles Soule has been primarily Marvel. He may be the new Bendis at this point. He may take over that that mantle. But if I hear one more big writer from, from Marvel leaving, it's it really is a, a game over. Because you just, you know, you're finishing up your, um, what is it, Secret Empire storyline? I can't remember what the event is right now. But, you know. Well, that- Secret Empire's. Yeah, that's ending, and now they're doing the whole legacy thing. Right, and they're trying to rebuild. Right, but I mean, like, this isn't the time to lose. You know, like, this is your restructuring of all the numbers. Like, this is the time that you're finally shining a new light on it. This is your rebirth time. And instead, I mean, they're they're getting effed. (laughs) Leave it to Jim Lee, puppet master. Jim Lee and Jeff Johns, though. Yeah, well, you can't say no to either one of those guys, I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> because Jeff DC Johns is, is... Like, Jim Lee's not writing comics. Jeff Johns is. You know, Je- Jeff Johns is the architect behind I mean, they're, this series. They're, they're both doing their things here. I mean, Jeff Johns has Doomsday Clock coming up, which is... Yes. Actually, I think it's the first time he's written in Rebirth. It is, except for the he first issue. That. It's the first. It's the first time he's written since Rebirth issue one. But mm-hmm. even still, which is I huge. Mean, it, it's it's gonna be, <clears throat> it's gonna be crazy. When so, is that? Next week? Uh, two weeks. It's a couple. Yeah, it's a week or two away. Yeah. Oh crazy. god, can't wait. All right. So that's that's our news as far as Marvel DC cusp crossover. So let's get into some movie news. Some movie news. Black Adam is teased to be the villain in Suicide Squad 2. Um, they're supposed to be tracking a weapon of mass destruction. Come to find out, it's Black Adam. <laughs> You're damn straight. You're damn straight. Um, <laughs> it's the rock! Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you smell when <laughs> Black Adam is cooking? <laughs> um, the Listen, this whole Black Adam as a villain thing has been... Uh, it's been pushed through the Man of Steel sequel, and now Suicide Squad two. This 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 latest idea is is probably my favorite. Uh, we're we're gonna get into this in a second. How other than him know. being in Shazam? Yes, this is the best idea. <laughs> but that other than that, but they've said that from the beginning that he will not be in Shazam. So yes. you know, um, it it is and it's not. I'm sure he'll show up in a post credit scene post-credit or whatever. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Leading up into a Black Adam Shazam Listen, movie. Yeah, I'm totally about it. Right. That's a great sequel right there. Because, well, I mean, we're going to say, here's the other news. I mean, if Mark Strong's in talks uh, for Dr. Savannah, which is fine, because that's one of the longest running, you know, Shazam villains ever. And Mark Strong is a great actor. Yes. Uh, I still wish that he would have stayed a Sinestro for the Green Lantern. Oh, my God. And you know what? They still could. <clears throat> they still could. He could. He could. Um, but, Black, you know, Black Adam. The Suicide Squad 2, I think that's genius. I mean, th- there was a lot of things that we didn't like about the first movie because it was almost too big. This, this, this is big, but it's like you're actually fighting somebody we actually give a shit about. So um, I'm behind it. I'm, I'm really, really, really behind it because I think like the the comical value of the of these movies kind of they're dark, but they're funny too. So I think that'll be a good fit. 
Yeah, and as we mentioned last week, um, they they're putting it under their new line branch, mm-hmm. and is a good possibility. It's going to be PG thirteen so that everyone can see it. But this is going to be oh, a wait. dark. This could be a dark comedy. Oh, we're talking about Shazam. Shazam. Sorry, oh, I, Suicide Squad two could be rated R, but I doubt it. I bet you it'll be PG thirteen. Yeah, they got they got to make the money. Um, but still staying in the Shazam world, uh, Asher Angel. Um, who is a kid is going to be playing Billy Batson. So the thing that gets me excited about this isn't so much that there's going to be a kid playing Billy Batson, which makes sense to me. It's more that Zachary Levi is cast. This kid is cast. They've got a director, David F. Sandberg. Like this movie is moving. Oh, like, yeah. this is moving along. This is more than the flashpoint movie, which doesn't have a director, maybe has a script does have an actor, you know, like this movie is, is going to happen. Oh, so. absolutely. That was the first, my first thought when they cast Billy Batson was, wow, they're really pushing this. The talks yep. with Mark strong. Yep. Um, well, it's going to happen. And yep. that's, that's actually exciting because it you is. know, Shazam, Shazam is, a, I think it's a great property and I think it'll be a fun movie. Yeah. I think the general audiences will get it. Uh, I just, that's what I'd like to see is DC moving on things and not just like throwing out like the Joker movie and all these other weird concepts. Um, just say it and do it. I think that flashpoint though is very dependent on this justice league movie in the first it place. Is. Um, I do too. Yeah. Cause it's huge. I mean, if you're going to do the flashpoint storyline, that's like almost like justice league two in a, in a way it's like, it's like when you do civil war, which is actually like should be an Avengers movie, but it's a captain American movie. It's, it's bigger than just, than just, a just cap. Yeah, a flash movie alone, you know. So yeah, it's. I, I think it's. I, I agree. Um, I'm also really excited because the one thing that DC does so well, and there's other things that they do very well, but the one thing that they do over Marvel is handle magic, because it's really mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and it's mystical arts, whereas DC is straight up magic. Constantine, Santana. <laughs> Shazam, like I am so excited to see that that they're embracing that. You know what I mean? That it's not just a plausible explanation, a super serum, you know what I mean? A, a guy from Asgard, a dude who makes a suit, a dude who gets uh, gamma radiation. Like DC doesn't give a fuck about that stuff. They're like, you know what? This person was made by an old man. You're a kid. And then by the power of magic, you're still a kid, but you have an awesome John Cena body. So, like, to me, like, I'm so excited that they're embracing that magical side of things, that it doesn't have to be explained. And to me, that's that's what I'm really excited about. And as, lo- as long as it's handled in a good way, and I really do believe in David F. Uh, Sandberg, like, check out Lights Out, check out Annabelle Creation. He does some good stuff. I, I think this movie, to me... I'm actually really excited about it. Um, Real quick, because I have not wrote this in here. Did you happen to, have you caught up on your CW shows? Because we're going to talk about CW next. We can talk about it. I just, I have not caught up. Okay. Next, once I move, that's that's, that's what it's about. Okay. I'm not going to talk about it then. Let's go on. Ben Affleck, uh, in a recent interview, said that he is unsure if he's going to continue on as Batman after Justice League, he says, we'll, we'll see what the future holds. I, 
it's really kind of unclear how to take that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what do you think? It's the same thing. <clears throat> everything is riding on this success of Justice League. We've known that since since everything else has kind of failed. And then Wonder Other Woman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Raised, raised the bar and said, we can do this. And then it just seems like every every single explanation comes down to let's see what Justice League brings. And that's that's it. Yeah, I just think I think a Batman movie without Ben Affleck at this point would be stupid, uh, unless you're going to re reintroduce an actor in that movie and then move forward. I, 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 right now I don't have a real opinion on it. I want to see Justice League and see if they can continue what they did with Wonder Woman. That's I mean, as of today, we're shooting this on the ninth. We're one week away from Justice League. I'm seeing it in one week and two hours. <laughs> So, yep. I mean, we're we're very close to seeing it, and I believe, though I could be wrong, I believe the reviews are allowed to go out next Wednesday, the fifteenth. Yep. So that's when we'll actually be able to see the full reviews, not just the oh, I saw this movie reaction. So it'll be interesting. Um, and then, and finally, in DC news. Uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo have asked fans to vote on what they are going to do next uh, post-metal. And the two choices that they gave were Wonder Woman and Swamp Thing. Obviously, the votes have been overwhelming for Swamp Thing. (laughs) Because I think... Why not? Who did Swamp Thing? Was Lemire on that? No, it was Scott Snyder did Swamp Thing and Lemire did Animal Man. And then they did that whole, they created a whole crazy, like the green and the red. And they made one of the most epic crossovers for like that weird dark side of DC that I've ever read in my life. And it was okay. gold. I mean, yeah. it's like, if you don't want, if you don't want him, to, Snyder to do Swamp Thing again, you're a fool. Yeah. Because let me put it this way. When Scott Snyder first got popular on Batman, they're like, all right, why don't you go do this Superman series with Jim Lee? It was a Superman un- Unchained or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that didn't yeah. last. No. Like, it was good, but nobody cares because Scott Snyder shouldn't be writing anything that doesn't fit his like his genre. Right? I mean, his it's, dark it's aesthetic. Weird, dark, scary shit. Yeah. And, you know, you could, I, bet he, I bet he could do a really cool Wonder Woman story and I could I get behind so. it. But I think it's time for the Swamp Thing because it's been since the beginning of uh, the new 52. And that exactly. was, exactly. that's what, five, six years now? Yeah. So I would love to see a new Swamp Thing story. Uh, and I think that that's that's a logical next step. And I would love to see some Capullo art. So Yeah, I agree. So that's our vote. Um, and in Valiant News, uh, we have an Archer one-off series, Archer and the Vault of Spirits, uh, coming out next year in February. Um, from Archer and Armstrong, so that's that's pretty exciting. I think that's gonna be I, good. I love these one shots that they've been doing. Like the there was that Eternal Warrior one the other a couple months ago. Yeah. Um. So I mean, they're they. That's the one thing that I love these standalone these standalone stories from uh, Valiant. They just kind of open up the universe, like get you on board with new characters, and it's cool to see you know another immortal getting a one shot. Yep. I agree. I want to see another Ivar because he's 
one of my favorites of those of those three. I get I, you know it's hard because I like all of them. I probably like Archer the least. I like Ivar and I like uh, the Eternal Warrior, but I think I'm still excited about this series. Um, and then we have more foil covers announced for uh, Quantum and Woody uh, <laughs> one through four. They're they're going extreme. all the way on these '90s foil covers. <laughs> they're called extreme ultra foil covers. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So, um. <laughs> I mean, they're doing they're doing the game, and this is this is just kind of like a little tongue in cheek right here. So it's it the most is. variant cover of all time. <laughs> it, it sure is. Um, so obviously, we say every single episode, check out your Valiant. But uh, in the meantime, we're going to go and take a short commercial break, and we'll be right back, guys. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! All right, we are back from those commercials, and we've got some Mark Miller, Millar news, however you say it. Um, my favorite writer, favorite comic book writer. Uh, he signed an exclusive deal with Netflix a couple months ago, and we talked about that on the show. And the first comic book, uh, which will be a Netflix kind of collaboration, will be called The Magic Order with uh, Olivier Coppel. Um I don't know that guy's writing, or sorry, artwork, rather. I know Mark Miller's writing, but I do. You know his artwork. What has he done? Because I was trying to figure this out. Oh, he did Thor. Young guy. I definitely definitely know his stuff. And he's done Super Friends. So, sorry, he's done it. He's he's good. Spider-Man, he's worked on. Yeah. Young Avengers? I am so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely I met, know your work. Comic Con one year. <laughs> Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. There you go. So, so my question. Let me ask this question. Um, these, this new comic is under a new publishing head, like company. Like Netflix is making their own comic book. So is this through an actual comic book company like Marvel? 
I mean, this is Netflix. This is like Netflix is icon. You know what I mean? Like this is it. Yeah, this is like well, okay. So he owned Icon in in Millar world, so it could be under that. But Netflix is the one who is putting it out. So Icon is Marvel, right? Uh, you're right. So sorry, Icon is Marvel. Like this is his Millar world with Netflix thing. That's it's just that's what it is. That's what it is. Interesting. It's very interesting. So, uh, you know, he says it's kind of like a little bit more of an adult uh, Harry Potter type thing. It kind of sounds like a little bit of like wanted with magicians as well. And whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm going to read it. I own everything that the guy's ever done. And I'll continue to do so as long as he keeps putting out what he does. And I'm excited. I'm more excited to see a live action thing, but I'm still excited about this. That news is coming and you know it. Oh, I know it is. Um, he was teasing uh, kick-ass stuff today. Oh, was he? Good. Yep. Y'all can love yep. kick-ass, too. I guess um, uh, kind of jump bridging another little story here uh, in the Millar world. The Second Kingsman movie is due out in December. Uh, so oh, yeah, Best yeah. Buy is uh, Steelbook exclusives with both movies. And actually, there's a special art on the Steelbook by Dave Gibbons, which is, I took a look at them today. They are very cool. And since I don't own the first one, I will probably pick up both of these in that exclusive Steelbook format. And just so everyone knows, Dave Gibbons is the artist on The Watchmen, and he's also the artist on the entire um, The Secret Service, which is what the actual comic is for Kingsman. So, um, if you have not read the comics that the movies are based off of, it's a six issue run. It's actually one of Mark Millar's tamer comics, but it's still very, it's very funny, very, very funny and very violent and not exactly like the movies, but still very, very good. Um, Not to mention that there is a uh, sequel series out right now, not written by Millar, but no, of course, I'm sure it's produced by it. Heavily looked yeah. over by him. Yeah. Slipped by our radar. Yeah. Um, Marked by Raphael Albuquerque. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, American Vampire? Yeah. Yep. yep. Good. <laughs> Remember how I screwed that up at Comic Con? I was, I was going to say <laughs> something about that, but I'm not going to embarrass you on the air. <laughs> no, no. So just the story is we went to New York Comic Con and. Uh, I, who was what Albuquerque was it supposed to be? It's um, I I can't even remember. It oh, was it was a, it was an innocent mistake. So there's, there's a Raphael. Yes, and one of them had drawn the comic <laughs> that I had, and one of them had not. Raphael had not, and uh, I went to go get a comic signed by him, and he was like, "That's not me. That's the other Albuquerque." <laughs> And I felt super embarrassed. <laughs> so get it right or pay the price. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on. Derek Connolly uh, is set to pen a Metal Gear Solid movie. Um, Did we just talk about something like this, like with the Contra movie last week? Kind of like, eh. just you know, again, you mentioned this. Yeah. You know, video game movies, just they don't work. So Derek Connolly is best known for Jurassic World, which Chris absolutely hates. 
I but loves was, Kong Skull Island. Yeah, now Kong Skull Island was fucking brilliant. But then he also did Monster Trucks, which is a horrible, and then Safety <laughs> Not Guaranteed, which is amazing. So it's <laughs> this guy's got a really shitty track record. That being said, um, a Metal Gear Solid movie doesn't need to get made unless it's written by Hideo Kojima. So I don't care. I really don't care. Unless the trailer is amazing, I do not give a shit about this news. His, his buddy Colin Trevoroy or what assholeness can hang out with him now since he got fired from Star Wars for being a shitty director. So and a shitty writer, I think, that's it. more or less. Well, that's so that's the thing, right? He did Safety Not Guaranteed in Jurassic World. He didn't write those movies. This guy did. So yeah. Colin Trevorrow is not a writer. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, that's uh, the thing. There's when you're in a role in Hollywood, like actors don't necessarily make good directors. You know what I mean? Every once in a, like like the baseball episode that uh, David Duchovny did for X Files. It's a stupid fucking episode. It's Field of Dreams with aliens. Like he's done other things that are yeah. Good, that's but, a that's a bad example. No, it is a great example. <laughs> Some of the David Duchovny episodes are the best. Though. No, I know they, they are. are. I'm just saying, like, not everybody needs to direct. Please don't put don't put David Duchovny in Jurassic World in the same conversation ever again. Uh, Until he shows up, I blame the sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't even. Okay, we're done. We're Fuck done. Jurassic World. <laughs> All right. So the next thing, Niantic, who created um the Pokemon Go game, they have announced that they're going to do a Harry Potter Go. They didn't say it's Harry Potter Go, but they're going to do a Harry Potter augmented reality game. That when Pokemon Go came out, I was like, and I think that was around the same time that Fantastic Beasts came out, and I was like, man, this is exactly what they should be doing is a Fantastic Beasts and where to find them game. I remember that. Based in AR, remember? And, I, and now, apparently... I got to sue somebody. So it's all right though. It's a great idea. And I'm sure that'll keep you very busy. Yeah. I'm about to lose a lot of weight because I will be out there tracking down some fantastic breasts and where to find them. Sorry. Fantastic beast and where to find them. <laughs> When's that game come out? That game is, uh, anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> Sorry to our female listeners, but it's still funny. Um, okay. Universal decided oh, to do a huge thing uh, earlier this year. Before The Mummy came out, Alex Kurtzman and um, who's the other guy? God damn it. Who's his writing partner who created like the Star Trek movie? It's not, it's not that same guy. Roberto Orsi? I don't think it... I thought it was somebody else that was connected to the Dark Universe with Kurtzman. Okay. Either either way, um, no, it's it's. Am I wrong? I so it's the definitely universe. Okay, so so yeah. sorry. Whatever the case may be, it's definitely Alex Kurtzman. Okay, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he decided that oh Chris, oh, Chris, Chris Morgan. Morgan yeah Chris Morgan that's what it is. um. Yeah. We're creating the Dark Universe, which is Universal Monsters' new iteration, and it was gonna. It was supposed to start with Dracula Untold, 
eh, they just kind of washed them in the, the, the bridge. And then it was going to be Tom Cruise's The Mummy. So nobody liked The Mummy. I haven't seen it yet. Um, my wife said it was horrible, but she said that I'll love it. I love Tom Cruise. I've heard good things about it. Regardless of the fact, it made $400 million, which is enough money to call it a hit, but not enough to call it a, you know, the start of a of a whole new universe. So the next movie on the slate is uh, Bill Condon, best known for his work on um, Twilight, really, I think. Bill Condon did Twilight, and I think he also did uh, one or more of the Harry Potter movies. But um, he is... Oh, sorry. Bill Condon also did uh, Beauty and the Beast, which obviously was fucking brilliant. So he's supposed to be doing Bride of Frankenstein. That movie is still in production, but they pushed it back a year. The Dark Universe as a whole is on hold. So Johnny Depp is the Invisible Man. Uh, um, what's his Javier. name? Yeah, Javier Bardem is Frankenstein. Uh, Crow, Russell Crowe as uh, Dr. Jekyll slash Mr. Hyde. You know, that's all on hold. So... Is this is this dark universe? Is this is just like a fail, Chris? I would say yeah. This is the second time that it's failed. Uh, unfortunately, you know that the Dracula Tour movie couldn't launch it. I thought it was an okay movie. I'm sure that I'll find the Mummy to be okay because both movies, I'm going in and watching them with low expectations. Yeah, um, and I actually loved Dracula Tour, and I was fighting tooth and nail that it was going to be a horrible fucking movie. And I actually was yeah. like, you know what? This, this is pretty good. Yep. And unfortunately, in Hollywood these days, for them to put that, get behind something that big and with that much expectation, I just, I, I don't see it. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to just dissolve. Yeah. At this point. So, yeah. Unfortunately. I guess that's it. Like, that's kind of the end of, of that series um now this kind of stuff maybe they shouldn't be pushing this for the movie theaters maybe like they need to get some kind of exclusive thing with a streaming service and and do it that way i don't know i it's tough because i would love to see like this come to fruition and maybe with with less like less famous actors i i don't know but this point for it to be that big and and Hollywood-esque, no, I don't, I don't see it happening. It's, and you know what, personally, and I know we've talked about it before, I'm, I'm actually kind of saddened because I love Universal Monsters, and, like, I'm, I'm super excited um, that, you know, Guillermo del Toro is doing The Shape of the Water because we're going to get a creature from the Black Lagoon movie, so I'm, I'm really happy about that, but overall, it's just, I want Universal Monsters to be back, and I'm sad that it's on on hiatus. So hopefully something happens, um, but it doesn't look too uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen right now. All right, moving on. Uh, Funko is restarting. I don't know if that's the right word, but going back to its <laughs> legacy figure line. That's and- a better way to put it. Yeah, going going back to it, they, as they stated, the uh, the Legacy series is not dead, and we're happy to announce Mad Max Fury Road Legacy figures. Uh, 
So it came up in an interview. So it's not official, official, official yet. I haven't gotten the. Uh, oh, it's not. Oh no, I saw it from. I press. saw. I saw the quote from. From. Uh, yeah. From no, Obama. I just listen. I just dropped this news today. It came out. It came out. Either today or yesterday. Um, action figure figure junkies, which you know you met. Uh, they. Uh, interview with the CEO of Funko and the guy came right out and said the, the legacy line is alive and kicking and finally we're going to get Mad Max figures. Now, people have been like, like, come on NECA, get this. Why can't you get this? Like, we want Mad Max figures. I want, I want a Mad Max figure. Um, but once Funko came out and said, oh, we're doing pops, that I was like, Mad Max pops? This is like, this movie is like four years old now. Now you're just getting into this? So finally... They were able to get the license, um, and the you know Funko that they're very good at obtaining licenses. And uh, hopefully this time around, um, hopefully this time around, the legacy figures will be a little bit more, uh, not have as many quality control issues um, and things like that. So hopefully Funko can get back in the game with a six-inch one-twelve scale. Yeah, you know, the last time they did it that I can think of is that Evolve game. And that Evolve game made no money and nobody played it, really. And, um, you know, they they had some mild success with the Game of Thrones line. But it's just, they're okay. You know what I mean? In my opinion. But that being said, I'll be quite honest with you, I've never held one. I've really never taken one out of the box to know like what it feels like and how the joints move. Like they've always been in boxes that I've owned. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do because I'll probably take out Max and I'll probably take out Furiosa. I can, I can answer those questions for you. Uh, First off, just go down to your basement, open up one of those big, you want me to open bins? There's a couple (laughs) of loose Game of Thrones toys down there. Um, But the very first legacy figure I ever got was a Jon Snow. And immediately his, his, his arm fell off. And I remember you said, I contacted, uh, yeah, I contacted Funko's uh, customer service. They sent me a brand new one. So, I mean, Funko's a great company. You know, they believe in uh, what it takes to get the job done for their customers. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that quality control issues and hopefully that it'll be fine. But I mean, those, those toys are solid. I, I, the last legacy figure I picked up was the uh, power armor fallout figure. And they had maybe a year or two old now. So those were these video game ones were kind of just coming out of nowhere, little below the radar releases. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool that this kind of big announcement is coming soon. And um, yeah, like you said, uh, those are going to be opened and displayed. And if they can do it right, maybe they'll make his car. So um, one thing that I was going to say, Funko became a publicly traded company recently. Yeah. So I actually might buy some stock tonight. You should now because it actually dropped a it's huge like seven, amount. And yeah. now it's going it's going back up again. Yeah. So just be aware I'm of gonna, that. I think I'll buy like just a few shares and just ride it out because Funko is a company that I believe in because they really do try to mm-hmm. innovate themselves, you know, we we've seen it throughout the toy fairs with the Dorbs line, uh, with the vinyl line. Um, you know they got the legacy line. Like it, they they are more than just uh, the Funko Pops, and 
I think that they could end up potentially being a huge company, like even up of of uh, at least the NECA status. You know what I mean? So I, I think I am going to end up probably buying some stock in it. So anywho, uh, we got our first look at Samuel L. Jackson in the Unbreakable sequel uh, entitled Glass. So looking a little bit older, looking a little bit more Samuel L. Jackson-ish, but we get to see him. And when, I don't even remember when the fuck the first movie came out, but I'm so excited because I thought Split was fantastic. And that zinger at the end, that M. Night Shyamalan uh, flippy on the head sort of thing, I'm pumped to see what they do in this sequel. Yeah, it's it's pretty genius, if you ask me. I mean, he M. Night has had some pretty big flops over the years, has kind of been like ridiculed or whatever, and then he came yeah. back hard with Split. And well, he did before that, though. I was so just just to better. clarify. The Visit, which was uh, like a found a- footage type movie, was very fucking good. And what happened is he found success with Blumhouse. And if you've ever listened to me talk on this podcast and especially on Gourmet Scum Radio, I am a huge Blumhouse fan. I think that that man is a goddamn genius. He makes movies for $4 million and they usually make just a hundred times that amount, you know, with the, with the, like this year, get out happy death day. Um, I don't know what else he's done this year, but like the dude knows how to fucking make money and he's the one who's doing the next Halloween movie. So I'm super excited. And like, that's my Blumhouse rent, uh, rant right now. But anywho, I- I'm excited that M night Shyamalan is with Blumhouse. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a good sequel with uh, glass here. Um, we had talked about how uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were going to be taking uh, another Garth Enos property, the boys uh, to television after their success with preacher. And now it looks like Amazon is picked it up and they're going to go into production of a pilot very, very soon. Um, if you're not aware of how Amazon works with their pilots, is that they they do a pilot, and then what they do is they kind of let us viewers vote in a way um, if we think it should go to series. So they did it with uh, the Tick and the John Claude Van Damme show, and they they show that one episode. Fans get to decide if it's good, and then they'll put it to series based off of votes. What do you think yeah. of the boys? I I never read it, uh, but I'm excited that Amazon continues to grow their their library to something pretty significant. So uh, they're doing they're putting the work in. Yeah, I think so. Um, and you know, I'm a huge Garthinas fan, so I'm excited about this. So this this other piece of news that we got here that Lord of the Rings may begin developed as a series. Um, no no channel, no station, no network yet attached, but just the idea of a Lord of the Rings uh, show could be coming to a TV, streaming, whatever near you. What do you think, think about that? Well, first, I believe that Amazon is on the top of that list, uh, which is interesting that you know, we're just talking about the boys in Amazon. So uh, that was the f- first little 
tidbit of news there. Do I want to see yeah. a Lord of the Rings series? Do we need one? Not really. I would I'd watch it. But I mean, I have three amazing movies that lead to it. So you want to go back? You want to go do the Hobbit right? Do it. And then we'll go from there. Um, you want to do the Samarillion? You want to do some of like Tolkien's other tales? Let's do that. But full on Lord of the Rings, like five year endeavor, like <laughs> seriously, like that's gonna that's hardcore. And I still think the movies hold up to the point where I don't need that trilogy, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know when it when it was announced, I really did not get excited. It didn't move anything on my on my radar because Peter Jackson's trilogy is a perfect trilogy in so many ways. Like mocap, like that's the first time that I could really think about mocap. And and even if mocap was before it, it's never been done like that with Gollum. And they shot three movies back to back to back. The budget was like 300 million i think or less I, I you know honestly i think the budget for all three movies was like 120 mi- million dollars that's insane yeah for um so you know and it was a it was a um new line production you know what i mean and obviously i'm a huge new line fan so okay so uh they were made Oh God, it doesn't even say what they were made for right now. Um, $281 million. So less than $300 million. So less than a hundred million a piece to make one of the greatest trilogies of all time. And they still hold up. It's still like watching the un, uh, you know, the, the longer cuts, like, do I need to see, you know, 12 episodes, 10 episodes, whatever it is? I, I, I honestly don't fucking think so. I really don't. And, like, the actors that are in those movies are so perfect for those roles. Like, yeah. they, they re- like, that bar is almost at Star Wars level. And in some ways, it's past Star Wars level. You know what I mean? As far as like the actors go, the music by Howard Shore, the costumes, like Peter Jackson is a brilliant fucking director. Like, I really don't know what they could do that would make me go, I need to watch 10 hours as opposed to three or three and a half. Like, I really, I really don't know. And, and frankly, sorry, three hours. I'm sorry. It, it would be like 50 hours in a show of five years. Like I, I just don't think I need it. And I, and I don't care and it doesn't get me excited. I'm so more than happy with the movies that I, I don't know. I just don't care. Yeah. I mean the stuff that they cut from the books to the movies aren't. Yeah. Tom Bombadil. Not a big deal. You know, you know? Yeah. I don't care. And I think that the first book is the one that suffered the most from the most cuts. So, I mean, the other no, two, they didn't. No, I mean, yes and no. Because yeah. in in Lord, in, sorry, in Two Towers, there's a lot more with Aragog, the spider. But I didn't care. Because, like, they did such a good job in the movie where it was just like, oh, the spider's trying to attack you. Fuck the spider. Like, I just, I just don't care. Like, personally, I just, 
It's a dumb idea. We don't need it. Book? We don't. We just don't need it. Hmm. So, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our final thing, which we always talk about: Star Wars news. Um, one month. One month. One month. Almost one month and a few days. It's a month. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the marketing. So here's the thing. I don't know about you, but I did not watch trailer two. I have not watched the extended trailer. I have not watched the international trailer. I have not watched any of the TV spots. I've watched one trailer. I watched up to the second trailer, and that was it. I have not watched anything since then. And up to that point, I mean, it's still it's still a tease. But this right. this th- this merch these. Let me put it this way. This, these advertisements that are showing Luke on like dark side merch, like advertising and light side advertising is actually really interesting. And it came, this really came about with the release of the second poster. This, the poster that uh, is the main, is the main Star Wars, the last Jedi poster. Um, and always, as they say, the villain is always in the background. Which right. It showed all the posters and it's, it's true. Uh, and I find it very Skywalker has this other look, this like haggard, like dark, dark clothing. I mean, we can, you can't really say that because of Return of the Jedi and how he kind of changed that whole look. Well, we also saw his gray. dark outfit, his, but his it's almost weird. Anakin outfit, episode three yes. Anakin outfit. Yes, but it's 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 so weird. That they go from like what he looks like at the end of the Force Awakens with like this very gray Jedi look, almost just normal Jedi look, right? To this, to these island wanderer, that's what they're calling him, whatever you know. So it's like, I I don't know what to think. I don't want to know what to think until I watch that fucking movie. So and and Mark Hamill can go and say, no, I'm not, I'm not a bad guy in this movie. Don't worry, da da da. But we all know that there's always those those herons out there. So, I mean, personally, I think that Ryan Johnson is a huge Star Wars geek. And given his films are a little bit more twisty-turny, flip things on their head, you know, Brick is like a modern noir movie uh, flipped around, you know, set in high school. Uh, Looper is a modern sci-fi movie kind of flipped around with time travel and everything like that. I think that Ryan Johnson is saying, let's fuck with the fans. Let's, let's get them to question things. Let's get them to, to kind of go outside of their comfort zone. And their hero of Luke, is he still a hero? Is he still the man that we saw at the end of episode three, 30 years later. And I think that, you know, the, the marketing is him in a way just fucking with us. Um, oh, of course. I don't think that Luke is, is ever going to be a bad guy. I'm sorry. I really don't. I think that he may have fucked up and I think he may feel guilty about fucking up with Kylo. And he's, you know, a little bit more, uh, maybe I don't need to train this girl. She's too powerful. And we know what happens when powerful people can turn evil. 
i.e. my nephew. But I really think that Luke is always going to be a good guy. Um, it's just that he trained Kylo, and therefore he's on the dark side, and he's training Ray, and therefore he's on the light side. And that's the marketing, personally. Yeah. I mean, or this movie is really just about the redemption of Luke Skywalker. I mean, he went Well, what's the redemption, though? The redemption meaning that he failed as a trainer? I mean, he's never failed us so far as a viewer because we all, you know, Luke is a fucking farm boy who turned uh, leader of the rebellion. That's it. Right. But that's that's my point. But that's that's the thing. It's like if he failed at training his own his own nephew and igniting the Jedi Order again, that's a big failure. And it's something that he felt, you know, I'm I'm the last of the Jedi and in return of the Jedi, I'm bringing this back and then I'm going to try to do things the way they're supposed to be done and then all of a sudden you have this tragedy happen and you just you just feel like you failed. Your right. your mentor, your your father, and everything that you did that was good, yeah. And the galaxy, you know, and then the galaxy just forgets about you and the Jedi and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, we have the events of, um, you know, with the First Order and everything kind of just snowballing into this galactic war again. So uh, this, I do feel like there will be. I think going to the dark side is a very thin line. Um, yeah. There's there's also a big gray area that we've started to be introduced to with gray Jedi, um, and literally gray. Yeah. Like what that big that big one that big creature in 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 Rebels. I mean, he's not exactly a light side the of the Force. Bendu? The Bendu kind of brought down <laughs> some dark power at the end at the, the end of his term there in uh, in Rebels. So yeah. I can see. Them really kind of push this great Jedi uh, agenda of theirs. With Luke I mean, I think we'll end up doing just so you guys know. We'll we'll end up doing it like an all Star Wars podcast because we have to. And especially <laughs> oh yeah, before <laughs> and after the uh, the movie comes out. But just to briefly talk about the the Jedi is a religion. The yes. power of the Force is not a religion. You have the power or you don't. It's not anything, you know, religion or cult or even just like a a government type of thing. So if the Bendu, who is a force wielder, decides to use its power for good or evil, it doesn't make you a Sith or a Jedi. It just makes you somebody who uses the force in a negative or positive way. So Luke Skywalker may have realized that that sometimes you have to do some evil shit. Like when he goes and dresses in all black and chokes out a fucking Gamorrean guard. Like, is that the way of the Jedi? To to choke somebody? Maybe not. Maybe he just waves his hand. You know what I mean? Like, so... But here's... I'm going to play devil's advocate on this, all right? The biggest... And this is the thing. is like they have not come out and established a lot of what is light and dark in the... Before this whole Disney merger, I mean, there are certain force powers that are associated with light or dark. All right, that's 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 something that was true then. Who knows what now? Now, the fact is, is that Luke Skywalker was not trained exactly the proper way either. So, if you look back to like how the prequels dictate things, how you're too old to start your training, therefore you're more of a threat to us than 
than anything else because you're not being indoctrinated like you know getting that luke skywalker is a jedi i've told you that a million times exactly so i'm right no you don't have to i know i know you're uh, but i'm just being devil's advocate on this because we have somebody who did not (laughs) receive proper training as the last jedi in, in, in the universe so i mean yeah of course it's easy for him to fail with ben and and that and now we have that fallout so i really as and that's why i think like this whole thing with video games and and everything needs to kind of get hashed out because there has to be some kind of like if you use force lightning are you a stiff are you a dark side wielder you know in that in that aspect what is what is the definition of light versus dark side powers and that's that's kind of where we have to get back to yeah i we will save it for another podcast <laughs> because I really I, could I, talk. I, 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 I want to mention the this. entire episode more about what I feel like a dark side versus light side user is, but let's just end it. We we can hold on, hold on. We can say we can say we're going to do one or two, but last year I'm pretty sure we did like at least four months worth. Well, of it's funny because Wars. on Tale Talk on Gourmet Scum. There is not one episode where we don't talk about Star Wars. Every single episode. It's almost like either Star Wars or Seinfeld gets brought up every day in my entire life since I was a kid. And it remains to this day that one of those two things, if not both, usually both, get brought up. Either a Star Wars reference or a Seinfeld reference till the day I die. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, so let's end it. One last thing, and we've already talked about... Oh, a couple. Two two last things, sorry. Uh, Star Wars news, though, one last thing. Battlefront 2, as we mentioned, does come out on the 17th. Um, I think the pre-order time is done. So if you didn't pre-order it, you're not getting any of that sweet extra stuff. Chris and I yeah, both no, ordered the Battle Elite Edition, right? I Yeah, I ordered that, that Super Edition, which is sold out. Now, I, the I digital... The digital ones are are sold out. Yeah. Wow. I believe I, so. I, I do believe not have time to hear. <laughs> You're yeah. I'm gonna look this up real quick as we transition. But yeah. I'm super excited for uh, Battlefront Two. I can't wait to play that first player campaign. We've been begging for it. Uh, the expansion into the prequels and the sequel trilogies, going across the whole Star Wars gambit. And I love the beta, so I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, just if anyone wants a, like, a really good um, preview, if you go to uh, Polygon.com, um, they did a pre-review of Battlefront where they have about a half hour of footage of everything um, multiplayer. So they go through the arcade mode, they go through the multiplayer mode, and the, all the different... Um, planets that you go to so the first battlefront went through four planets this one i think goes to like 10 or 14 different planets like right from the get-go so you're going to hoth you're going to takadana you're going to camino you're going to mos eisley jakku like it's just they go through the entire uh what is it now six seven movies and then once the last jedi comes out they'll have another set of places like crate to go to. So it's just, it's fucking great that you get to go to all these places, do all these different things with all these different heroes. The, uh, the game is all these, even the, uh, the deluxe edition is 
available on uh, digital. So okay, yeah, digital then yes, yeah, physical yeah, media has been sold out for a long time, which makes sense. Um, I just want to say that if you did order the deluxe or some of the other pre-order bonuses for some of the other discs, they do come with Last Jedi content. Uh, but you know that's just the initial. I'm sure we'll get a lot more as time rolls on. Yeah, and um, EA seems to, or sorry, it, it seems that EA has listened to a lot of feedback since the beta as far as their loots, as far as their microtransactions. Um, it, it should be a should be a lot more immersive and fun of a game. Um, so finally, sorry, the last thing that I want to talk about is me, Casey, uh, will be launching a Kickstarter uh, very soon for a comic that I have written. Um, it's based off a script that I wrote when I was in film school. Um, it's a sci-fi horror comedy, <laughs> uh, you know, type of, of comic that we, we've got very good art from Darius Johnson out of Buffalo, New York. I've got a few variant covers and I've also created a soundtrack to go along with the uh, comic book reading experience. So I'm, I'm calling it a feast for the senses. And um, I will tell you guys exactly when it's getting launched. I'm sure during one of these podcasts, but I'm in the final stages of getting the uh, Kickstarter ready and stay tuned for that. on don't forget as well as here on tall light talk. And um, I'll let you more, let you know more details about the comic. Maybe we should do a Charlie uh, Tap Talk episode to launch it or to promote it. Yeah, get, I mean, get I don't think it's a full episode, but I'll at least you know we can talk about it for a while. You, the artist, we could all uh, we could dial in and talk about the experience. We should do that. Yeah, actually, uh, now that you say that, I will. I will do that. <laughs> We've done it before with uh, Ruben Romero and Think of Lake Productions, so. There's a lot of fun to be had as uh, people join our show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where can you find us? The, well, we're on the, uh, the interwebs. Uh, don't forget atel.com. Uh, head on over there on a daily basis, please. Uh, get your news, reviews, interviews, all of, the, all of that geekly culture uh, magic. Also on the uh, social, uh, the social webs. Where, where can you find us? We are at D Fat Towel, D F A T Owl, <laughs> um, on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, don't forget to towel one on Facebook. So we do, you know, we do daily articles um, for a lot of news, and then we also do a lot of news on our Instagram and uh, Twitter as well. So if you want to get caught up to date, you know, we, we broke the glass news, the Samuel L. Jackson in, in the glass uh, last night um, on our social media. So sometimes it's a lot easier to get those messages out there. So take a look and follow us on those. And then um, you can listen to us on Stitcher if you're an Android user and on iTunes uh, at the podcast app. Um, and if you are an Apple user, share, review us, you know, let us know what you're thinking. You can always email us at don't forget to tell one at gmail.com. We're always happy to take questions or ideas for the episodes. And as I said, at the beginning of the, of the podcast, I mean, really thank you guys for the continued support throughout the years. Um, 
Chris and I have hinted and said that we are working on a website redux, uh, and we are. It's still happening. I guarantee you, one way or another, we will have a new website by the end of the year. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. You know, we're very excited about um, a new rebranding. It's, it's, it's time for that. But uh, we've been very thankful for everybody who's followed us. Uh, throughout the five years of this podcast, and sorry, not of the podcast, but of the of the website. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks everyone. It's been a it's been a real trip. That's right. So this is Casey saying, um, "May the uh, Orient Express always hold murders for you." Dude, did you see the reviews for this movie already? <laughs> I did. They're not. I'm very, I'm very disappointed. I was actually kind of excited to watch this movie. They'll They're okay. A, They're not horrible. It'll be a home, home viewing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just saying, uh, no tickets. Okay. 